Good afternoon, everyone. Many of us are aware of some of the negative legacy of dispensationalism. In particular, its attempt to subdivide or radically subdivide the Holy Scriptures. These parts of the Bible are for Israel. These other parts of the Bible are for the church. And many of us can indeed see how that ideology is responsible for much of the assumption among many contemporary Christian people that the Tanakh scriptures, the Old Testament, was for a previous phase of development, other than perhaps dusty biblical history. It really doesn't have anything to teach Christian people today about the character of God or the will of God. We just focus on the New Testament and the teachings of the apostles. And dispensationalism is indeed the root for a lot of that radical subdivision of Holy Scripture. Although dispensationalists do believe that after the pre-tribulation rapture that God will resume his program with Israel and that he's not finished with the progeny of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The most frequent alternative to dispensationalism witnessed in the theological spectrum is that of covenant theology, something strongly adhered to in various Reformed Calvinist circles. And covenant theology holds to the view that the redeemed and the Messiah are plugged into the covenant of God, that the Holy Scriptures have a unified plan, whether that is the Old Testament or the New Testament, Covenant theology looks for continuity across the Holy Scriptures, not discontinuity, as is frequently seen in dispensationalism. And to the credit of covenant theology, it definitely looks toward the Torah of Moses as, at the very least, containing important moral and ethical standards to be followed by God's people today. And many of us come from theological traditions which have to various extents been impacted by covenant theology. A mainstay of the Calvinist tradition is that the Torah of Moses was to be subdivided between the moral, civil, and ceremonial law, and while the civil and ceremonial law were believed to be things followed by ancient Israel. The moral law, especially those principles elucidated in the Sermon on the Mount, are believed to be in effect for today. Coming from the Wesleyan theological tradition, Wesleyanism largely adapted that view from Calvinism, but emphasized more the works of grace and holiness and human wholeness uh, toward other people. But the view of a great deal of covenant theology is that the scriptures are to be viewed as a whole. Uh, they're not to be 
subdivided or compartmentalized as seen in a great deal of dispensationalism. So those who are from the Reformed tradition often are seen to stress that principles like the Ten Commandments are to be followed, Sunday is to be treated as a holy day, the Lord's Day. Many people uh, from a covenant theology background treat Sunday as the Christian Sabbath, uh, and they uh, tend to emphasize external works as evidence of one's salvation. So there are a lot of things which many people in today's Messianic community actually have in common with covenant theology. But there's one main difference which can differentiate Messianic people from covenant theology, and that is covenant theology also is largely supersessionist, replacement theology. The Christian church is the new Israel. Promises given to Israel in the Tanakh or Old Testament regarding a return of exiles to the Holy Land, the reconstruction of the temple in Jerusalem, tribal inheritance in the Holy Land, those are things which are to only be representative of the great bounty that Christians have in Jesus, because God is finished with Israel and the Jewish people. Today, uh, there are individuals uh, you are beginning to see who you would think were conservative, evangelical, they stand for traditional family values, these sorts of things, and you agree with them on these matters, but then when issues involving the modern-day state of Israel, what to do about this Israel-Hamas conflict, uh, does God have a future destiny for the Jewish people, you don't see many people who adhere to covenant theology coming out in support of the state of Israel. They are amb ambiguous sometimes about uh, the Middle East peace process, etc., and it is because they believe in replacement theology. The church is the new Israel. It's largely finished with the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in different sectors of Hebrew roots, one law, one Torah, and possibly even pro-Namian Christianity, although you've got to look at things on a case-by-case -case basis, and a teacher-by-teacher -teacher or ministry-by-ministry -ministry basis, some of these strands of influence are present. The one good thing many of us can take away from covenant theology is it tries to stress unity of the Holy Scriptures. It doesn't believe in some wide-scale dismissal of the Tanakh or Old Testament, so uh, we can definitely glean certain things from their interpretations of parts of the Gospels, parts of the Pauline letters, uh, one of the resources I'm sure many of you have benefited from uh, in your examination of Romans has been the uh, commentary of C.E.B. Cranfield, uh, which comes from a Reformed uh, persuasion. There are a lot of good points to glean from his approach to passages which have been traditionally interpreted as anti-law in Romans. So there is something good one can take away from covenant theology. It tries to stress unity of the Holy Scriptures. 
but as it involves the future destiny of Israel proper, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's where we need to be very careful. Uh, and indeed, I stress that as students of Holy Scripture, uh, we can learn from people who espouse replacement theology. It just depends on what the issue is. We can learn from Jewish people who deny Yeshua as Messiah, but again, it depends on what the issue is. And these are things which involve our ongoing examination of passages of the Bible and different issues germane to men and women of faith.